Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good afternoon, good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because we are here in Adelaide and we go to air in Adelaide every Monday from 2 till 3. And then after that, it's podcasted around the world. So thank you so much to everybody who's helped share our program. And the guest that we have on is what the program's really all about. We, we talk to different guests every week and their knowledge is what uh, people are looking for. We have people this week. I've got to say hello to some people in Hong Kong. We've got a lot of new people in Hong Kong. For most of you would know that Hong Kong's recently been taken over by China and China is going more and more into Hong Kong. The people from Hong Kong are moving all over the place trying to get out of there. I've got different stories from different people. But a lot of people that are there are trying to study business and they find that our guests are very, very helpful with their knowledge, with their information. And they ask me to, to pass on the names so that people can contact them directly. And I always do. I've also got people from Thailand that have uh, we've just recently spoken to and other people who are, at the moment, friends of mine who are, are going to live in Thailand or, you know, six to nine months of the year are going to be living in Thailand. And they are setting up a coaching for the locals. And it's really interesting what's happening at the moment. So we'll be talking to them in a few months' time once they set up their training organisation there. But also we this week, uh, or a couple of weeks actually, we've got a lot of contacts from South America, different places in Uruguay, in um, Chile, and Argentina and about five other countries that I didn't even realise we were in until people have sent me emails asking me about different things and I've just sent them, like, where are you? And on Facebook, they tell me what country they're in. So it's really good to see that a lot of people are sharing this information. Now, our special guest today is coming to us all the way from North Queensland in a quite a remote area at the moment. And I think he's hiding, but <laughs> no, he's not. Bill, Kola, Bill, you can hear me all right? Yes. Thank you. Yes, I can hear you. Good. Yep. Thank you. Welcome to the program. We're doing a Zoom call as, as we uh, speak. So thank you, Bill. Thank you for joining us to talk to us and uh, tell us a little bit about what you've done in the past and uh, how we can learn from you. Thank so, you. It's an absolute pleasure yeah. being here. Thanks for the invite. It's interesting for, to be doing this too. Look, it, it's interesting because everybody that comes on the program has something to say, has something that people can learn from, you know, and everybody that's come on the program has achieved something. And sometimes, you know, you hear stories that people say, I didn't think I could do it until I heard so-and-so do this or do that, you know. So, Bill, tell us a little bit about you. Um, you come from New South Wales, North New South Wales, is that correct, originally? Yep. And, and Yeah, I grew up in a... A little place called Thumb Creek, as in thumb on your hand. Yep. Creek. There's yep. only one of them in the world. <laughs> and my primary school days were in a school with 10 pupils. Wow. Believe it or not, I went to a school like that for my primary school. We had 10 to 15. I think the most we ever had was about 12, 14, 14. And one teacher for the seven grades. Yep. 
that's what we had. So I, yeah. I, I grew up in a school very similar for my first five years of uh, primary school, five or six years of primary school, actually. So I, I understand that people overseas don't realise that Australia has also been a primitive country, <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, very much so. Yeah. and in the- Very primitive. We, we, we grew up through the tough times. It was hard going when we were young. Very, we were in poverty, our family and everybody after the war in Australia was in poverty. Yep. But we've yep. grown ourselves out of it. Yep. Well, that's, that's what I want to talk to you about, Bill, because, you know, when you were a kid, right, what, what aspirations did you have? What, you know, what did you think you wanted to be? Well, you can only look around you and what you see mm-hmm. is the only thing you have to measure by. Right. By today's standard, we can go on television and we can see someone win an Olympic gold medal and something and we can win and aspire to that. All I could aspire to being was an axeman. Yep. Because my father was an axeman. Yep. We cut trees down and I wanted to be an axeman. Didn't know that there was competition, worldwide competition with axes. So that was I wanted to be. That yep. was everything. And yeah. a dozer driver. A dozer driver. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Because like, like you said, today, children are born with these computers in their hand, with the multimedia streaming at them from all angles. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we could only see, like now, you know, we only see what we, what's around us. You know, we only know what our parents teach us, what, what you know, like to say, monkey yeah. see, monkey do, you know. And, you know, but the fact that you wanted to be an axeman, you wanted to be in competitions, chopping wood, and yeah. chop, you know, wood chopping competitions. Yeah. Is that what you wanted to do? Well, it, it, early days, yeah. I didn't even know about the competition. Right. But I absolutely loved sharpening an axe. When yeah. I was about seven, I used to sharpen axes. Yeah. And I would go and cut trees and my dad would cut trees and he'd cut the big ones and I'd cut the little ones. And I just wanted to do that. And then years later, I realised there was a competition. I never went into competition. Oh, okay. But yeah. I, I was just, you know, it's a great, great exercise. Swinging an axe is a fantastic exercise. Yeah, well, I, I grew up on a farm where we had to chop down trees to clear the clear the land, you know. And yeah, yeah. although I enjoyed doing it, after a while it became a chore. It was a work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When it becomes work, it's not as fun. But watching yeah. the tree fall, you know, calling timber, that was always fun. It was always fun. Yeah. But the, the thing, Bill, at what age do you think you realised what sort of ambition you had or, you know, who motivated you at that age? Well, we left the bush, which we referred to the country where we were, yeah. when I was 14 years old. Right. And I went to the city. I went to Sydney. Yep. And I'd never, never had a pair of shoes in my life. So I went to the city. Wow. And my whole world changed. I went to a school that had... 1200 pupils in it i've never seen that many people in one place at one time <laughs> before in my life like you know the yes. whole world was changed and i got involved in a church yep. and it was good because it taught me not to get involved in churches and i hope that's not offensive but it's my <laughs> reality and i uh, discovered that i was a natural leader right and I didn't matter what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, didn't, if there was someone broken down on the side of the road, I was out helping them. I right. would just go and help them. And yep. that was just me. And I guess being a natural leader, that's where you go. I ended up leading a lot of stuff in the churches. And then as I went on, I just started working for myself when I was 18 years old. And I never had any mentors to look up to. My father had passed away. 
so I didn't have really any mentors to look up to. Right. So I just did my own thing, worked for myself, started a business, learned a lot about that, and then started another business, and yeah, just went on from there. Okay. Through all of that, I got the one thing that stuck with me was that you don't make money working for wages. Yes. <laughs> you, just, you know, wages were just a nightmare for me. I discovered that to own my own business was the important part of it all. Yep. So, so that was where I started up my own businesses. Then I got involved in real estate. I bought some big blocks of real estate and subdivided them, discovered that the massive opportunity to do that type of stuff, mm -hmm. but you need to be capital outlay. Yep. And nowadays you've got massive opportunities with not a lot of out capital outlays that we never had back in the 70s, which was when I was doing all this, yep. 1970. We needed big capital, even though they were small capital compared to today's standard, we yes. still needed a lot of capital to do real estate development. Yes. With today, which I'm involved in with cryptocurrency and foreign exchange trading and all that type of stuff, you don't need capital to make incredible money. quantities of money. Yeah. Well, Bill, so that, let, yeah. let me ask you this, because some time back I had a, a lady on the program that was doing similar sort of thing, you know, when she started from a very early age, she started three or four different businesses and then she started another one and then another one and another one. And she was going from one shiny thing to another shiny thing to the next shiny thing until she got some really good coaching and counselling. And, I mean, I'm, I must admit, I helped her a little bit uh, with some of that settling down of, you know, running from one to the next to the next. And then now she's running a very successful business. But one of the businesses she ran... Somebody else has heard about it. Like I said, we, we broke it down. And now she's they have started that same business and doing very well with it, you know. And then other yeah. business she started, she sort of handed over to somebody else to run because she, she'd had enough of it. And those businesses yeah. are doing quite well. So tell me, when you were 18, what business or, you know, when you, your first couple of businesses, what, what sort of businesses were they? Well, I was married at 19. Right. Very young. And my wife was young also. I bought a bread run, which was a, a local yep. bread run supplying shops and residential. Mm -hmm. They really don't exist in this day and age in Australia. Right. But I only worked that for a while, and then I discovered that I could mow lawns. Right. So I mowed lawns, and I would make as much in one day mowing lawns as what I was making a whole week yeah. <laughs> um, on the bread run because yes. the bread run was controlled by someone else. Yes. And from then on, I, you know, then someone came along and bought the lawn mowing business off me. And it was incredible. Like, I just couldn't believe that somebody would want what I had built up as a hobby yeah. and paid me big dollars for it. Yes. So then I uh, got involved in landscaping with the Landscape Contractors Association, one of the early members of that. And I built up a really good business. We had... 13 men working for us back in 1977. I sold wow. that again. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, each one of these things lasted about five years with me. Right. I'd be five years and then I, I would move on to the next one. Yep. But yep. I guess in a way I made my own rules because when I started the landscape contracting, there was no other landscape contractors anywhere around at mm. the time. Yes. I was kind of one of the first to do it. So we just wrote the rules as we wanted to, <laughs> yeah. which is good. Yeah. I love it that way. Well, that's the thing. See, the, 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 the fact that, I mean, 
I've actually encouraged people here in Adelaide to start a lawn mowing business or a gardening yep. business, you know. And yep. and I know that there was a, a young lad one day came up to me and, and this was quite a long, long time ago, said, oh, look, we're, we're washing cars for the Surf Lifesaving Club or something or other. But he was coming to our homes, you know, going up and down the street. So I said, okay, yeah. well, you wash my car and my wife's car. And I said, how, how much do you get? You know, how much is it? And I think at the time he said, oh, $5, you know. And I said, look, I'll give you 10 but you do my car and you do a good job and then I'll get you to do my wife's car. I'll give you another 10 for you. And I said, for the life-saving club. And he thought it was like Christmas for him, you know, because other yeah. people were trying to barter him down, you know, to do it for 2 or $3. And I said, no, yeah. no, I'll give you $5, but I'll give you 10 because I want to donate to the Surf Life-Saving Club. That encouraged yeah. that young lad, you know. Of course it does. And, and, but what also I found, weeks later, he was still running around washing cars for people but keeping the money for himself and giving the some of it back to the life saving clubs you know so but yeah. over the years that young man has started several other businesses you know he had yeah. that entrepreneurial blood in him you know he had that that uh, willingness to to work and and do some gardening and and heavy lifting and stuff like that and so yeah. it's interesting but what you said how somebody listening to this can say, well, there's no reason why I can't start that or there's no reason why I can't encourage my son or my daughter or uh, my brother-in-law or somebody else to start doing something like that. Exactly. Yeah. The secret, to me, the real secret with any type of business, especially these service businesses, is to deliver more than what you paid for. Okay. Bill, we're going to take a break. We'll come straight back and I'll talk about Delivering more than what you paid for. When you hear the name Bocelli Cafe, you think an Adelaide institution, a family restaurant that's been providing the finest Italian cuisine for almost two decades. Coffee of the highest quality and staff that treat you like family. Spacious, COVID-safe indoor dining and a fully heated outdoor area. The kitchen is always prepared for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Parking's a dream. Bocelli Cafe Restaurant, 81 to 83 Hutt Street, Adelaide. Call them, 8232-3006 to book. Or follow Bocelli on Facebook and Instagram. Foodland's proudly owned by South Australian families like mine. Our stores are our second home. And just like home, we want you to feel safe and looked after when you visit. Thankfully, our customers have always acted like Mighty South Aussies when shopping with us. Which, by the way, supports all the local family-owned brands who produce the essentials you find on our shelves. Great families, great locals and great food lives here. Foodland, the Mighty South Aussies, yeah! Hi, I'm Jamie Limura. I'm Lee Harrison. Join us every second Sunday night from 7pm on Negative Camber, the official motorsport show of Scuderia Ferrari Club Adelaide. Whether it's karting, supercars, MotoGP, Formula One, we talk all the latest news and results in the motorsport world. Negative Camber, every second Sunday from 7pm on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Radio Italia 1 Sito internet www.italia1.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram 
Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to us every Monday from 2 to 3 on Radio Italia Uno. And thank you for listening to Radio Italia Uno, one of the best Italian radio stations here in Adelaide. And we do a lot of variety of songs and different programs. Now, our special guest, Bill Calder, is coming to us at the moment from a remote area of North Queensland, which is at the top right-hand corner of Australia. And we're down here in South Australia, which is right in the middle at the bottom. And we're, we're doing a live recording here and for Bill. So thanks, Bill. Thanks for staying with us. But uh, oh, yeah. just, just before that, I wanted to just say thank you to everybody that listens to this program. Thank you to everybody that listens to Radio Italia Uno here in Adelaide and across the world. And please support the people that support us. And if you have a product or a service that you want to promote, Get in touch with us. Allow us to help you promote your business to South Australia and, again, to the world. Now, I have the pleasure of talking to Bill all the way from uh, North Queensland at the moment. So, Bill, thank you for being with us today. Now, you mentioned just before we took a break, you talk about one of your mottos was always to deliver more than you promised. Yep, that's right. And. When you first start off in business, the cheapest business that you will ever get is repeat business. Yes. If you advertise to get someone or door knock or do something to get one person to be your customer and they don't like you, then you've wasted that money. If they want you to come back again, they're very cheap. If you want to come back a third time. So the best way to get people to use you a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth time is to deliver more than what you are expected to deliver. And honestly, that is one of the simplest things. If we go into service (laughs) business, which I was in, I I started doing edges. Nobody was doing edges. Back in the 60s when I started doing this on lawns, I would cut the edges and nobody else was doing it. And the yep. word got around and I had too much business. And then somebody <laughs> came along and bought the business off me. Yep. I started a landscape contracting business and I was doing multi-story, massive hundreds of thousands of dollars then, yep. which would be $10, $20 million worth now. Yeah. And again, I got was all repeat customers. Yes. And they are cheap people when you get them to come back a second, third and fourth time and Honestly, if I'm giving advice to somebody, I cannot stress that enough. Always deliver more than is expected of you. That's my motto. I can't understand anybody going into business and then not wanting to open the doors at a certain time. We had had a situation here quite a few years back, but there was this chap that used to open the doors it was like a little supermarket right and not a country town but just outside the metropolitan area just outside the metropolitan area there was a, a like a little supermarket and this guy used to open the store by six half past six every morning the doors would be open but by you know half past six seven o'clock the coffee would be warm the the pies would be warm the food would be there and he'd have these little packed lunches ready for people to, to come by and buy and take to work. And he ran that business for a long time, very, 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 very successful. And then in the evenings, for example, he would stay open till at least 7 o'clock in the evening because people coming home from work at 5, 5.30, yep. 6 o'clock and 
would go buy and buy some sauce or buy something to take home or a, a ready-made yeah. meal, you know, a pre-made meal, and or they just have to heat it up and eat it. And sometimes yeah. they'd buy it warm, you know, like a, a like take take home. Now, yeah. when he sold his business, give you an example. I'll make this very quick. But when he sold his business, it sold at a fairly high price, and this chap came in and bought it from him, right? And then, within about three months, he was complaining that the business wasn't working, and he took this man to court. After six to nine months, he took him to court, and the judge, right at the end, the judge actually threw it out of court because what happened was this guy bought this business and paid a real lot of money for it, but it was worth a lot more than he paid for it, right? But he said, "Well, I'm not going to open until nine, you know, yeah. and I'm not going to I'm not going to stay open until seven. So he used to open about seven, eight, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. He'd open his shop." By that time, everybody had already gone to school. Everybody had already gone to work, and you know. And then he'd only open from nine till five, and that's when yeah. people left work. And by the time they left work, come past the supermarket to pick up stuff, the shop was closed. You know, yeah. by five thirty, the shop was closed, and he'd gone. Yeah. And and yeah. The, and the judge said, "Are you for real?" <laughs> you know, it was a, yeah. it made a laughing stock of this guy, and it was in yeah. it was in the papers here because it was a big case that this guy had made a huge issue about this guy had paid a lot of money for a business that was really bad and it shouldn't happen, and he, you know, and when the when it went to court, not only did the lawyer rip him to shreds, but the judge said. You know, at at the end, the judge threw it out of court because he said, "You do not open in the morning," and that's when all the papers showed him. Said, "Look here, you know, between six and nine, that's when he makes most of his money, and between yeah. five and seven, that's when he makes the bulk of his money." You know, and yeah. the lunchtime rush, the rest of the time, there's you know nothing to do, and that's what I'm yeah. talking about. That's what I'm talking about. People not giving a hundred percent, not even yeah. wanting to do. The right thing. Yeah, one of the things that we have in today's society is entitlement. Yes, people feel that they are entitled to this. And if you're going to start a business of any description, you must realise that the customer is the most important person. Yep, they are the yep. one that pay your bills. They're the ones <laughs> you've got to get out of bed for and be inconvenienced by. Yeah, because they are the ones that make your business. And unfortunately, and we've got this coming out of America where we have a whole country of entitled people yep. who are so entitled to carry a gun, so entitled to do this, so entitled to do that. Yep. And the next thing you know, that they're, they're not working. They're not doing anything because nobody wants to employ them. Yes. And yes. you it's easy to it's easy to start a business if you give more value than what the customer is expecting. Very Look, easy. I think the customers expect a lot more today than, well, of course they do. you know, years ago they were grateful if they've got like, you know, an extra chip. Now, if, yep. if they don't give them uh, the crackers as well and, you know, some gravy for nothing, then they say, oh, what about the gravy? And the guy says, oh, $2. What? You want me to pay $2 for gravy? You know, they, yep. they expect to get it for nothing, you know. Yep. And, and that's the problem with a lot of the people saying, you know, we, we can't, we can't satisfy our customers because they demand too much. Yeah, yeah, the customer may appear to be demanding too much, yep. but that's what they're expecting and that's what you, as a business owner, have to deliver. Yes. Because if you don't deliver, that customer won't come back again. Yeah. 
And another thing that I found, and I had this actually happen to me, I always made appointments when I did quotes. Yeah. And I have a motto, I am never, ever late. Yes, yes. Now, if you just say that to yourself, you're always on time. And I got lost once. I was going to do a quote with someone. I got lost and went up the wrong valley. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up driving back out of that valley, found, found the correct place, and I arrived on exactly the appointed time. Yep. And so if you set it up in your subconscious mind mm-hmm. that you are never late for an appointment, you don't have to wear a watch. Yep. It doesn't matter. You just arrive there at the correct time. And I went to one place one day, mm-hmm. and the appointment was 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And yep. I knocked on the door. And the man opened the door and said, yes. And I told him who I was, Bill Coulter. And he said, oh, just hang on a second. He called out to his wife. And his wife came out and she said, have a look. At, he said, have a look at this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? He said, we've had five people yeah. who've made appointments to come here and see us. And you're the only one that's turned up. Yep. Yep. I've had that happen lots of times. I, yep. when, when I was doing insurance and financial planning, I, was, I would make appointments or my secretary would make appointments for me and I'd show up at a certain time and they say, oh, wow, you're on time. And yeah. he said, oh, the, the other agent still hasn't come and that was three weeks ago and, you know, rang yep. us twice in between. And, Not uh, hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I can't understand that. But for me, I, I'm, you know, Ron knows that I'm always on time. I'm just, yep. you know, to me, I, if I say I'm going to be here at 6.30, I'll be here at 6.30. If I say I'm going to ring you yep. around about 6.30, it means around 6.30 because, you know, give yep. or take a few minutes because of, you know, I might have yep. been on another call or whatever. But if I am say I'm going to be there by 7, I'm there by 7, you know, and it's right. just me. It's my personal thing, you know, I, I, I want to be on time. Other yep. people are always late. You know, I won't talk about yeah. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. Um, oh, did I? Oh, is... damn. <laughs> that was for fun. She's going to kill I me. Haven't worn, I haven't worn a watch for about 40 years. Yep. Well, it, I never... I've got my phone and I, I, I refer to my phone, uh, which yeah. has a watch on it. But surprisingly enough, I the last year... At least this last year, I have not worn a watch unless I go out somewhere and then it's more just wearing it as a piece of jewellery rather than a timepiece, you know. But anyway, look, we got to take another break and we'll come straight back, Bill. So thank you so much. You're, you're just giving a lot of gems out at the moment. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar stone, unique stone, granito, marmo, Caesar stone, unique stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, que stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. 
If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to our show, Peter Saluno, Happy Business on Radio Italia Uno. We are here every week from 2 till 3 every Monday. And then thanks to Ron from Podcast City, we get podcasted around the world. We are currently in over 40 countries. Thank you to everyone that's helped us to do that. Because, you know, it's not what I'm doing. It's, it really isn't. And, and, and thanks to Ron, but it's not what Ron's doing. Ron records it and records it very well and puts it all together and edits it. But it's you, the listeners, who are uh, sharing it with their friends and their relatives and, and people who are studying at different universities and studying business. And they pick up such good tips from all my clients and all my guests. And Bill, thank you so much for being with us today. You've, you. you've managed... You've managed to share some real pearls of wisdom, you know, like about starting a business and starting a business without much money, you know, because a lot of people in other countries think that, you know, Australia is a lucky country. It is. But, you know, we there are also people here who didn't have money to start with and even today don't have money to start with and still are starting businesses and doing very well. So it doesn't matter what country you're in, these ideas work in every country. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the. I can I can give you a really good example. Yes, please. Of that after after my landscape days, and this is the subconscious mind at work. Mm-hmm. I was always wanted to go back to the bush, and I was living in the city. I had this business that was running twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We had machines. We had men working for us, and we were pre a lot of the legislation that they have nowadays. And the business was going extremely well. And one Saturday morning, I was reading a newspaper and I saw 396 acres of land for sale for $18,000. Now, this is 1977. On the Sunday, I drove to that bit of land, had a look at it, decided I'd buy it, went back, sold my business. I went to a business agent on the Monday morning. He said, put some figures together, put the figures together on the 
by Wednesday and on Thursday at four o'clock, the business, the house, everything was sold. Wow. I bought that four, I bought that 400 acres or 396 acres of land and didn't have a house on it, didn't have electricity, didn't have phone. So it cost me $168,000 to bring the electricity into it. Mm-hmm. But it went past a lot of other people's houses and they hooked onto it. Yeah. But I subdivided that land. Now, I didn't have a lot of excess cash at this stage. Mm-hmm. So I went to the council and said, I want to subdivide this land. And they said, oh, you're going to have to pay this, 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 this. I said, I haven't got any money. I said, oh, well, okay, we'll let you do it. And when out of the proceeds of the sale, you can pay us. Fair enough. So then I went to surveyor and I said the same thing. I said, I haven't got any money. He said, that's okay. He said, we'll do all the work. And he said, out of the proceeds of the sale, mm-hmm. you can pay us. And the secret, as I see it, is to be genuine. Yes. If you're shifty and you can't look somebody in the eye and hold a good handshake, people know. Yes. People know that. And if you're shady in any way, you will not be successful in business. So what happened with me, I got all these people to fund my project for me because mm-hmm. I was genuine. And, and excited about it. <laughs> and you were excited yeah. about it. You, you were enthusiastic yeah. about it. That's it. Yeah. I'd never done a subdivision <clears throat> up till that stage. That was the first one. I did two there at the locality in there. Mm-hmm. And then I did subdivisions after that. But they're a slow process. Eats up a lot of time a lot of your life, five years for one subdivision just to get it approved. Wow. So, and the money is, the money that you make out of it is massive. Yes. That you can't make out of it. So that was another one of my businesses that I did. And that didn't require staff. That just required imagination. Hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question now, Peter. Yes. Are you ready for it? Of course. What's the highest paid item in the world? The highest paid item in the world. Yeah, the, the one item that mm-hmm. the world will pay the most money for. Oh, imagination. You got yeah, it. Honestly. There's not very many people that can do that one. Imagination, I tell you. Uh, you know, By a long <clears throat> way. Yep, that's right. You know, like these guys, uh, the, the Donald Trumps, the, the Gateses, the Bill Gateses and all these sort of people, they employ people with imagination. They employ people with, yes. with, with creativity. That, and they say that's yes. what we want because they they can employ accountants, they got lawyers, they got things, but they they're looking every day to find somebody who's got a bit of imagination, a bit of creativity, and that's what you yes. pay for. That's what you pay for. That's right. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I mean this with all due respects to it, yeah. the world's education systems destroys creativity. Well, it doesn't it- allow for creativity. And you know, That's like right. you know, Einstein was told he was an idiot. He was told yeah. he wasn't concentrating. He was sent home from school with a note saying, you know, go and let him do something else because he's never going to be a good student. And he wasn't, yeah, but he was an excellent teacher. Was, <laughs> his, his mother, his mother, never ever told him what the note said. Yes, and not only that, yeah. his mother knew different. Yeah. Yeah. She knew how well, creative he was. He, she knew how yeah. inventive he was. She knew how he used to tinker with things and pull them apart and fix them, you know, better than yeah. what they were made, you know. But there's yes. there's a lot of people like that. And this is what we're trying to – that's what happy business is all about. Happy business yeah. is about trying to be happy at work, <laughs> trying to be happy with people like yourself that I'm sure 
because your business was doing well, you you were happy. And the fact is that you were happy. You had happy employees, you know. Yep. But sometimes you go to places and you can see the boss is a miserable old dog, you know. Oh, oh. And nobody wants to work for him, but they have to. So they work because they have to. And, the, yep. you know, they get abused or misused or mistreated. And they, they only stay there because they need the money. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's sad to see that type of thing. And I can honestly say I'm 73 years old now and I've never worked a day in my life. Well, that's... I've got home some, I've got home some days and I haven't been able to stand up because I'm so tired. <laughs> but everything I have ever, ever done in my life yep. is because I've enjoyed it. Yes. If you enjoy it, it's not work. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. And, and most of the entrepreneurs and most of the people who are, you know, I, I talk to people all the time because I do laughter and laughter therapy and stress management and all that sort of thing under the big umbrella. But what happens is people go to work you know, from nine till five. They come home, they have a, a meal and they run into their shed or into their hobby garage or whatever and work there from five till nine in the evening, you know, and or to yeah. 10 or 11 and sometimes midnight before they go to bed because they're yeah. playing with their toys or they're working on something that exactly. they, it's their hobby. They yeah. they never get tired of working on their hobbies. You never do. Yeah. I mean, You've got to make it so that your hobby pays you money. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a few people that do. There's a few yeah. people. I've got a couple of friends of mine who are musicians or entertainers yes. and they love doing what they're doing and they, they get paid very high pay. A friend of mine I've known for quite a while, he does model trains, you know, and for years he he spent all his money on model trains. But now the old trains he had are worth 20 times more than what he paid for them. It's incredible. When he told me the price of one of these model trains the other day, I thought, you could buy a real train for that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Some of the things... It's uh, I just did a, uh, an exercise for one of my programs where uh, I took all the growth of gold, silver, wages, fuel, everything over 44 years mm-hmm. and the percentage growth. Yep. And it's just staggering. Some of the growth, yep. like the GTHO Falcon, yep. had grown 22,000%. Wow. Since, <laughs> but... but- Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin leaves it all for dead, where it's grown oh. 3 million percent. Oh, yeah, Bitcoin is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin is one of those ridiculous ones, and nobody expected it, nobody can predict that. So, you know, but yeah. you're right, yeah. you're right. There, there's yeah. look, we, we have to take another break already because another 10 minutes yeah. has yeah. gone, so fly. But yeah. what, what I'll need to do, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about. Um, just summing up what we've spoken about now, because you, you've you've given us a lot of really good gems here about starting a business, about giving more than you promise, about always being on time, you know, and being punctual. How people appreciate that, and and showing up, you know, and and showing up when you say you're going to. I think that's a yep. that's a very important one because a lot of people tell me that they've rang a plumber that didn't show up, or a carpenter, or somebody to give a quote that never showed up. And they are so frustrated uh, about things like that, you know. And then when you do show up so late, people say, I'm not going to give him the job anyway. Because like you say, yeah. you can see they're not genuine people. Yeah. You know? So you, you've mentioned all the things that are so important. Let's take a break and we'll come straight back. 
Are you looking for an Italian restaurant that boasts cuisine inspired by the Amalfi Coast and the Campania region? Introducing Lombra Cantina Cucina and Pizzeria. Boasting classically trained Italian chefs, recreating wonderful culinary memories of your last visit back home. Italian food that takes your breath away. Squid ink pasta, allo scolio. Spaghetti vongula, napoletana pizza. This wonderful addition to Adelaide's flourishing Italian culture opens on Monday, March the 21st for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And Lombra can cater for all of your celebrations, christenings, birthdays, family gatherings and private functions. Enjoy the food, the wine and wonderful service and leave the rest to Davida and Fabio. Lombra Cantina Cucina and Pizzeria. 15 Charles Street, Westlakes. Email to book chow at lombra.com.au. That's C-I-A-O at lombra.com.au. Or call Davida 0417 It's an experience you will never forget. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Dalia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. 
Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Peter Saluno's Happy Business Radio. We've got uh, a special guest today, which is uh, all the way from North Queensland, Bill Coulter. And Bill has been in business, you know, ever since he was uh, 18 or 16, 17, and had lots of different businesses. And like he said himself, keeps changing businesses every five years or so. And because he just goes to the next one bigger and bigger and bigger and better. And of course, the subdivisions that he's been doing in the past and, uh, you know, he's become famous for, made all his money, (laughs) they take a long time to do. So they're happening as he's doing other things. So he's just not sitting on his backside all the time. But Bill, let me ask you this. What do you think, as a businessman, talking to new people coming through to to start their own business or whatever, what's probably the best advice you can give them today? Yeah, okay. I think about this one quite a lot. And it's a personal thing. Mm -hmm. You have to be very careful of the example you set. Now, the the subconscious mind Mm -hmm. is listening to everything that you do. So... If you are late for a meeting, yeah. your subconscious mind says, yes, okay. If you steal something, yep. the subconscious yep. mind will say it's okay. Yep. So in your yep. whole process in life, you have to be so passionate yep. about the example yep. you set for your family, for your mother and father. and But the most important person is for yourself. Yes. You have to yep. be extremely cautious. And that's to me is what it's all about. If you can be good to yourself and kind to yourself and look yourself in the eye at the end of the day and know that you have done the right thing, then your business success is guaranteed because you are a real person. Yes. I think that's what you said. At, you know, it's so true because the, like the, the thing you can't lie to is a person in the mirror. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. The other thing about it is too, is people are, uh, and I deal a lot with people in the Philippines and in Nigeria and African countries, and they all have a poverty syndrome, and it's real. They are in yeah. poverty. Yes. And I have developed the philosophy in my own life is that money is easy to come by. Right. And wealth is easy to come by. And I have always found that all of my life, that money just flows towards me. Now, there's a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's right. I would advise anybody, buy that book and study it. Don't just read it, study it, because that is full of information about people and about how to get above 
the concept of poverty. Yes. And yeah, it's a, yeah, from there, I give money away to people because I find it so mm-hmm. easy to earn money. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, um, you know, like yourself, a lot of people uh, do a lot of charity work and, and help people out. Yeah. So before we go, I want to mention the fact that you've been helping somebody in the Philippines to b- rebuild their home and you've done a lot of charity work in that sort of area. So yeah. do you want to just tell us about that as well? Yeah, well, I uh, mentioned earlier, uh, I have a do foreign exchange trading and crypto trading and all that. And we have contracts that we purchase. So I purchase a lot of these contracts for people in third world countries and they get the opportunity to reap the benefits of my small contribution of purchasing a contract for them and then they earn the keep the rewards from it. But there's a lady, one of my people from the Philippines came to me and she said she's very worried about this old lady that lives around the corner and her house had been blown over. Mm-hmm. And this house is almost lying flat and the lady was still living in it. Yeah. And I put it up on my Facebook page and I just said, I've got to raise some money. So we needed two and a half thousand dollars Australian mm-hmm. to raise for it. We're well on the way to do it. The builders have been in there, built the house and the little old lady is asleep on the floor of the house, no blankets, no cushion, nothing underneath it, just to sleep because she's got a home now. Mm-hmm. And that brings me so much joy. And every day, only today, I've got more photographs from it. Workers are putting stuff in there. So I raise the money for that type of thing and put it together for them. And I can't think of a better way to do that type of stuff. Good on you. Good on you. Look, the thing is, you know, you've shared some great gems. And I think that anybody that wants to listen to this again can go back and listen to it over and over again. The, the difference between a podcast and a radio show is once the, the radio show goes to air, it's very difficult to go back and listen to it again. Yep. With the podcast, you can just go back and listen to it as many times as you like. And more importantly, you can share it with whoever you like. And that's why I keep saying, please share it, not because of me, but because of the people you're going to help. You know, somebody yes. down the track will hear this or pick up on it and think, wow, I can do that. And it doesn't matter what country you're in. Everybody can start to do a business like one of the businesses that you started. You know, everybody yes. can to, can run a business with that integrity that you talked about. Everybody can run a business and be on time. Everybody can show up when they say they're going to show up, you know, and or get better and better at doing that. So, yeah. Bill, thank you so much for being with us today. Our time is up. And, and it's been a pleasure having you on. It really has. If anybody's listening to this and you want to know any more information about Bill or any of the other stuff that we talked about, get in touch with me. And like I keep saying, if I can't help you, I know who can. But I can put you in touch with Bill if you want to know more about what he's doing, the work in the Philippines or the charity work, the people helping. And so thank you very much, everybody. And until we meet again, stay well, stay happy. Bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.